You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for six seasons. We got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, where we started doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which still airs live weekly during the season on Facebook. But this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, we hope you enjoyed us breaking down Daniel Popper's seven-round mock yesterday, and also a special thank you to everyone who is checking out the show today for the first time. We really appreciate it, and another thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again today. But we do have some fun stuff to get into today because we are going to be looking at the Chargers mock draft tracker, basically just going through what most experts are saying the Chargers are going to do with the 13th pick. There's some interesting trends on there. I mean, there's two clear front runners for the pick right now and I think we've been talking about both those guys a lot but in the second and third segments as we promised we're going to be getting into your guys's fan mock drafts and we're going to get to talk about a lot of guys that I don't believe we've talked about yet I mean guys like Ronnie Perkins the edge from Oklahoma Jordan Smith another edge player from UAB talk about Brady Christensen in the second round and how we feel about that and many more players to get into today because it has been a good opportunity for us to kind of touch on players and where they are going in the draft that we haven't got to talk about. So we're going to be getting into four more of the fan mocks on today's show, and we'll continue to try to keep getting to these as the weeks keep going until the draft, because we still have a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and get into it. Chargers.com put out their latest mock draft tracker, and there was an obvious trend, David, especially with the most recent picks. I mean, For the Chargers, you can tell that every expert knows the Chargers need a left tackle, right? I mean, the hole there is very large. Well, they can't call themselves an expert if they don't identify that need, right? Well, I mean, I think we'll talk about some other ones where you'll have to kind of ask yourself, right? If they they really know what's going on with the Chargers. But there's two guys, right? The two guys that stand out the most on here, the two guys that show up the most on this list. Most of these guys are picking either Rashawn Slater or Christian Derrissaw. Yeah, I mean, no surprise there. I mean, I think we all uh, at this point assume that Rayshon Slater is not going to be available at 13. I think that would be a dream pick at this point. But they're still picking him there. That's the funny thing is the experts still continue to mock him there, right? So it's like they're somehow coming up with explanations, 13 picks, you know, finding 13 other better fits for these other teams than Rayshon Slater, even after the trades, which is still kind of surprising. It is very surprising, but I mean, hey, if that happens, if it works out that way to where Rashawn Slater is there at 13, then of course, all of us are going to be overjoyed here at the Locked On Chargers podcast. And it doesn't make us feel any more likely that he's going to get there still. (laughs) No, no, it does not. Yeah, please don't misunderstand me. But also, I think the one that's more realistic that, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the other experts have, you know, put their pick on is is Christian Derrissaw. And I think, you know, the more and more we get closer and closer to the draft, I think we are, you know, being more okay with that pick, right, Daniel? I think it's just something that you know, we kind of expect. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the right way to put it, right? It's not our, our ideal pick at 13. I think if there are a couple of guys in that spot, we'd probably take them above him. And yeah, if you could trade back and still get him, then that would be wonderful. But I mean, 
it's like a it's a Chargers pick, right? That's a pick that they make. That's a the type of player that they take. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, most of these experts, I think, have hit the nail on the head. Well, I think, yeah, as far as being obsessed with, you know, physical profiles, I think the Chargers take guys like him. But it's hard to say that because they also never take the guy like him because they're never taking a first-round offensive lineman. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully now this is the year that they finally get the monkey off their back and get over the, the fact that it they It better be drafted, the year. Yeah, get over the fact that they drafted DJ Fluker in the first round all those years ago and, you know, how that blew up in their face. But... Yeah, Christian Darisaw, I mean, seems like the likely pick at this point at 13. We've never seen Tom Telesco trade down. We don't necessarily expect it to happen. But yeah, if that's the pick at 13, if that's your best option, you probably should be trading down to try to make it at least a more valuable pick and give yourself a a more valuable pick to go and find other impact players, whether it's in the second or third rounds. But the other one that is a little bit surprising on here, David, was somehow... One analyst found a way to go 12 picks and still have Kyle Pitts end up with the Chargers. I mean, that is the one I had to stop on for a second and be like, Kyle Pitts at 13? Like, I I don't know how that happens. Yeah, I'm like, Bucky Brooks, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, be realistic. I mean, I understand that you're a draft expert and you're an NFL expert. I get it. Like, I understand. But if you're an expert, bro, you know that nowhere is Kyle Pitts leaving the first six picks of this draft. It just, it's not realistic to assume that he is going to be available at 13. I think if he makes it past eight, someone would trade up to get him. So I just, I don't see that as any type of realistic possibility, Daniel. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it just seems super unlikely for a guy who's already thought of as like a transcendent talent at that position to be available at 13. I mean, does he make it past the top six or seven? It's like, yeah, I mean, that's super unlikely, right? If that happened, you'd be like, oh my God, that's crazy. For him to make it to 13 at this point, it almost seems impossible, right? I mean, yeah, you could see guys like Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase go ahead of him if, you know, you just have that's that. That's like prefer- Joey Bosa yeah. being available at 13. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, it's yeah. not going to happen. No. I mean, the, the only difference is, is it's a tight end, right? Like, that, I think that would be the only thing that would potentially scare you. Like, the best edge rusher in the class, in a class that, you know, has bona fide edge rushers. I mean, this is a bad class to say that because I don't know if any edge rusher is going to go in the top 15 even, potentially. But... Those positions are obviously a premium. Tight end is one that's becoming more of one, but he's just an offensive weapon and a ridiculous one at that. So, yeah, I mean, I would get excited if the Chargers got Kyle Pitts, but that one seems very unlikely. And the other thing that seems very unlikely, according to this, Dave, is it seems like the AVT, the Elijah Vera Tucker ship, has sailed at this point with only one analyst in this picking him for the Chargers at 13, even though he's available in a lot of these. Well, and I think that's a combination of a couple things. I mean, ever since Brandon Staley came out talking about the physical profiles that he's looking for, at size the and length, yeah, it's not right. His yeah, so that's yeah, that's not really the calling card for AVT, and and also I think a, 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 the other thing is a lot of people are seeing him more as a guard in the NFL as opposed to a tackle. I don't think everyone out there is sold a hundred percent that that's going to be his position, probably due to those you know length issues that we just talked about. So yeah, I mean. The AVT train definitely seems like it, it's leaving the station and and probably going to find himself in another uniform other than the Chargers. What about the Gregory Rousseau train? 
Yeah, that one I, it should never be on the tracks, and and that's why I was very uh, just surprised when Adam Rink decided to pick him at thirteen for the Chargers. I mean, is edge is edge rusher uh, an opportunity for the Chargers? Yes, absolutely. There's no question. But at thirteen, and especially that guy at thirteen, no, absolutely not. That is a just gross mismanagement or misevaluation of t- of talent. That's the pick on the tracker that doesn't make the most sense to me. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely the one that makes the least sense just because of what people think about the edge rushers, right? I mean, almost no one's putting any edge rushers in the top 10, even some with the top 15. And the guys that are up there, I mean, everybody has a different opinion on, you know, some people like Jalen Phillips, some people like Ojalari, some people like Jason Oway. I mean, there's just so many differing opinions on that. And the slide for Gregory Rousseau, at least as far as the public opinion and what experts are saying about him has probably slid too much in my opinion I still don't think he's as bad as a prospect as some people have been saying in the opt-out I mean unquestionably hurt him right going into this draft class because he was thought of as the number one definitely undisputed prospect going into the 2020 season like he was the dude so I think that that's he's probably gone a little bit too far at the same time I wouldn't be comfortable with it at 13, so it's hard for me to argue for that either. Comfortable? But. I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I we have differing opinions on him, but yeah, I would, I would not be happy just because, especially with what the Chargers have now, it's not their biggest need, even though you have to obviously plan ahead because Lieutenant Wosu is going to be a free agent after this season, and so is Kyler Fackrell. So you only have Joey Boza left after that, really. So that's a little bit uncomfortable, and they need to address it at some point. Not who I would take. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do want to keep getting into your guys' mock drafts because you guys sent so many into us. And we're going to talk about a couple prospects that we haven't got to talk about so far. In the next segment, we're talking about Ronnie Perkins and also Amon Ross St. Brown, guys we haven't talked about coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the number one protein bar in the world is unquestionably a Built Bar. I mean, if you guys want to and haven't tried it yet, I'd suggest... If you want to get in on Built Bar, one of the great flavors to try is Coconut Brownie Chunk, the champion or champion, I should say, of the Built Bar March Madness bracket. I mean, just absolutely rolled through that field. But that's what's great about Built Bars. There's so many flavors to choose from. I mean, you go lemon almond cheesecake, caramel brownie, birthday cake, coconut almond, peanut butter crisp. But there's so many different ones to choose from. You'll never get old because you can keep changing it up and trying new flavors, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for whatever diet you're doing right now. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and all you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, well, let's get into some of these fan mocks. And before I do that, I just want to tell everyone, if you haven't, you should always check out Locked On Today. One of the best things we have going on right now that covers every team that you guys can just check in on and get the latest snippets, the latest news, and videos from all of the hosts around the Locked On Podcast Network. But let's get into this mock draft frenzy because I think at this time of the year, the draft is becoming something that every Chargers fan is thinking about, right? We're so close to it. There's so many differing opinions, so we wanted to get your guys' mocks sent in to us, and we still have a ton to get into, but we're going to get into four today, especially focusing on one getting into prospects we haven't got to talk about yet. So for the first one here, I want to start with 
Noah, a.k.a. Rogue Wolf 1999 on Twitter, who has in the first round the Chargers taking Rashawn Slater. No issues there. Second round, he has Ronnie Perkins, somebody that we hadn't watched up until this point. And then third round, he has Eric Stokes. And then the second third round pick, he ends up taking Tommy Tremble with the 97th overall pick. So let's get this out of the way. The ones we like, obviously, are Rashawn Slater, Tommy Tremble. You like Eric Stokes a little bit. You can definitely understand you with a third round pick here not even a second round pick that you could find some value in that. Right, David? I mean, I think we like that. So it comes down to, if you like this mock draft, your feelings on Ronnie Perkins. Yes, definitely. That's the guy that we had not talked about or, and I had not watched up to this point. So, you know, I looked up the stats first. I always do that when I'm looking at guys. So, I mean, first thing that jumps out to you is the 32 tackles for loss. I mean, in the three seasons there at Oklahoma. And, you know, a solid 16 and a half sacks. So he's a guy that you can kind of count on as a contributor in that department. But uh, on to, you know, how he looked when I put the tape on. I thought he was pretty twitchy around the corner from time to time, but not consistently. I think it was something I was wanting to see on a, you know, down-to-down basis, and I didn't really get that sense. One of his good pass rush moves is the hand swipe. Uh, I liked his usage of that. I feel like that was something he used repeatedly. Um, But to that point, I think he needs to add more to his repertoire. I think there's a couple other things. And maybe, hey, you get him in with a guy like Joey Bosa who has so many different moves and is such a a technician in that respect. He could really help Ronnie Perkins along. Um, I thought he was hot and cold against the run, though. I think that was something, you know, I saw some, you know, splash plays. And then I I saw some some plays where... he just didn't get to the ball carrier or he was washed out by an offensive lineman. So, I mean, overall, uh, I think he's a solid prospect, but I, I, I wish he was just a, a little more twitchy on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, you either have the twitch or you don't, but I also think that with edge rushers, if the twitchiness is all you have coming off the edge, which, I mean, obviously he has very good length as well, He's pretty fluid on twists. I mean, I like at least the fact that I didn't think he gave up a lot of ground in the running game. Whether or not he made the tackle, it wasn't like he was a pushover there, especially for a guy that's not huge. He's not your, you know, 280-pound defensive end by any means. But I did have some things I had issues with. For me, it was letting linemen get their hands on him too often, not having that big, you know, arsenal of pass rushing moves, and struggling to keep contain. I mean, he definitely struggled with his discipline a lot of times as well, but I liked what I saw. I mean, basically when I was thinking about him as a prospect, I I liked it and I didn't love it. So second round for me is a little bit too rich. There's some guys I like a little bit more, but I liked what I saw from Ronnie Perkins, but he did also have a six game suspension for a failed drug test. So you have to wonder how that that is probably going to automatically. Yeah. I think that's going to automatically disqualifying, disqualify him just considering, you know, that Tom Telesco just doesn't, really deal with off-field issues of any kind he always goes for high character guys and unfortunately that might disqualify mr perkins it might and i mean there's another guy we're going to talk about on here too that has some of the stuff in his past as well that you have to wonder because it's like for me i don't really care the nfl has gotten a little bit less stringent on drug testing and stuff like that especially marijuana testing we don't know what i agree with you. positive for uh, it doesn't really bother me as much i mean but at the same time, the Chargers don't always think that way, and they're going to go out of their way and you know, then a couple more steps to make sure they don't get the wrong guy. But let's get to the next one here that we haven't talked about, this next mock draft. And I think that's a pretty decent mock draft, even though I think the Perkins pick is a little bit of a stretch. I'm not huge on Eric Stokes. I understand why you made all those picks, Noah. But 
Let's get to Will Foley, who also has Rashawn Slater in the first round. But at 17, he trades back, ends up picking up the 80th overall pick because he only had to move down to 17, three slots. But overall, he gets Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel Jr., Amon Ross St. Brown at 77, Rashad Weaver from Pitt at 80, Tommy Tremble with 97. So the first round pick and the 97th overall pick for these are both the same with Slater and Tremble. But we haven't really talked about Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think even though, you know, Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel, that might be a little bit like a pipe dream. Yeah. 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 I mean, it seems like it seems a little unrealistic that you could get those two guys. But if you're coming out, especially at 17 for Rayshon Slater, I think there's no chance he's available at 17. But if that happens, I mean, that would be absolutely incredible. But to get him and to get Asante Samuel Jr. back to back, it just seems like as we get closer to the draft, Daniel, it seems like Asante Samuel Jr. is going higher and higher up draft boards. So. I don't know if he's going to be even available in the second round at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch for sure. I mean, especially to get both those guys. I mean, with Rashawn Slater, you'd have to think that, you know, people are just totally thinking he's a guard, which doesn't seem to be what's out there right now. But Amon Ross St. Brown is a guy that I wanted to be a bigger fan of, I think, than I was because there's certain parts of his game, the effort and things like that, that I really like play-to-play consistency, I thought was pretty decent for him as well, his run blocking, things like that. David, we haven't talked about Amon Ross St. Brown. We haven't talked about a ton of wide receivers, but what did you see out of him? Yeah, so putting on the tape for Amon Ross St. Brown, six foot one, one ninety five, so pretty decent size. Obviously, not overwhelming for a wide receiver, uh, but I thought he do, did pretty well at the catch point. He's pretty uh pretty good with contested catches. I saw him yeah. kind of go up in traffic and pull a couple down, especially um, for his size. You know, with, not a huge guy. Yeah, with with right with defenders draped on him, I, I felt like he did a good job going up and getting the football. So I like that. Um, I didn't think he got a very like quick release from the line of scrimmage. But I did think he was a pretty smooth route runner. I, I thought he ran pretty mm-hmm. good, uh, pretty decent routes. And I, I thought he was able to find the zones. He really found the soft spots in the zone, was able to sit there. And I saw him do that repeatedly and catch balls for first down. So this is definitely, I think, a guy who's more of a, a chain mover than a big play type of guy. Um, but, I mean, overall, I thought he was a decent player. Um, but the, one of the knocks for me is I don't think he really had much interest in run blocking at all. Um, uh, I didn't, I didn't see it very much, um, for me when I watched the tape, but overall pretty solid. Yeah, I guess it's hot and cold now. I mean, I definitely saw it. I mean, there was effort there to do it, but as far as what I thought about him, I just didn't think there was any like one thing where I was like, that's really, really good. Right. I mean, the competitiveness is there. The hands are pretty good. The route running is pretty good, but the whole release thing, I mean, it seems like he takes a lot of steps before he kind of tries to throw the move on at times. So, like, I think that was part of the issue, too, just because it's just, you know, one more second you're not getting open or whatever. And the other thing is, is he probably, you know, projects mostly as a slot receiver, which if you're going to pick one as high as the third round for the Chargers, your third pick in the draft, I'd probably want someone that's a little bit more prototypical to the outside, I should say, because I think he can do that. But, I mean, there wasn't elite separation. There's no elite top end speed there to be afraid of if you're a defense i mean there's just not a ton that you look at and be like yeah i mean that's one really really good thing that totally stands out and kind of sets himself apart from a pretty crowded wide receiver group in this upcoming draft so another guy it's like i like it but i think with the needs that the Chargers have i'd probably take something else yeah in the third round i'm not a huge fan man i'll definitely put that out there 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like he could be a solid player. I mean, I like some things of his game. There just wasn't anything I really, really liked. But we do have two more fan mock drafts to get into. So in the next segment, we'll get into Cortez's and Craig Smith's mocks that they sent in, including one with two tackles in the first two rounds of the draft. So we'll get into those two mocks and talk about a couple of guys in Brady Christensen and Jordan Smith that we haven't got to talk about. And we'll do that Coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA and the NHL and now baseball are all in full swing. I mean, the Padres today let me down in that sense. Blake Snell against the worst team in baseball. I mean, I should have had that locked in today, but I still got the best odds with BetOnline. And the other thing I've been loving to bet on right now that I'm super anxious for is betting on the 2021 NFL draft and where players are going to go, who's going to be the first receiver off the board and things like that. And all you have to do to get in the best website, get on the best website that has the best odds for you guys. You have to just head to your head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. That's promo code locked on. With the promo code locked on, that's promo code locked on, all caps, one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, well, there's a couple more mocks here I want to get into just because these ones are other ones that we're still doing them in chronological order. I mean, I'm still just doing the first ones. The people that answered most quickly are the mock drafts that we're getting to right now, and we're going to keep on chopping away at it until we get to the draft, and we're going to get into as many of them as possible. But the nice thing is, is each one of these has given us a different guy to talk about that we hadn't already talked about. So in this one from Cortez, We haven't talked about Tyson Campbell, but that's not even the most interesting part of this mock, I don't think, because with the 13th overall pick, he gets Rashawn Slater, which is nice, obviously. But with the 47th overall pick, he gets Samuel Cosme from Texas, which is interesting because that's two tackles for the Chargers in the first two rounds. And then with the 97th pick, they get Tyson Campbell. And with the 77th pick, they get Tyson Campbell. And with the 97th pick, they get Peyton Turner. But two tackles, David. I mean, two tackles I think we'd feel pretty good about and I mean obviously both of those are great value yeah I mean definitely a bit of a surprise when you look at it I mean it's not something that you would expect to to see you know two tackles back to back but maybe Daniel they're probably tired of you saying that (laughs) Mr. Bulaga only played 40 percent of his snaps last year and he's getting on the you know he's already on the other side of 30 so maybe they're thinking hey we're going to get Sam Cosme to, you know, fill in for Brian Bulaga when he inevitably, you know, doesn't stay on the football field next year. So if that's the thought process, then I can get behind that. But definitely a little bit uh, of a, a strange one. But, I mean, I can understand some of it. I mean, it's definitely strange. I mean, I wouldn't think I would be like, yeah, banging the table for two tackles in the first two rounds. But it's like, you show me that. And I also know besides, you know, Brian Belaga's injury concerns, and I love Brian Belaga. He's a great player. I mean, it's just you have to be realistic about certain situations. And more importantly, you have to set yourself up for the future. You'd be doing that with these two picks, Cortez, even though it's unlikely that probably either of them gets to those spots. I like where your head's at. And Tyson Campbell, I'm kind of the same with Tyson Campbell as I am on Eric Stokes Jr. I mean, I get it. I see why people like him. I think I might even like him better than Stokes, even though he doesn't have the raw speed I do. that Stokes has. I mean, I like him better, but the nine penalties is something that obviously is a little bit scary. And then there's some, you know, ball awareness, especially down the field at times that 
gives me a little bit of anxiety, just some panicky moments. But I, I like him in the third round. I mean, Tyson Campbell in the third over Eric Stokes in the second any day of the week. And then I do have a man crush on Peyton Turner. So I definitely understand that. But two tackles, setting yourself up for the future. You still pick up your two biggest needs and get somebody to go fill in there. David, anything you want to say about Tyson Campbell real quick before we get on to the next one? Yeah, I mean, obviously good size and speed. Six foot two is a former track star. So, I mean, he has speed in abundance. Uh, I think he had some good uh, loose hips. I think he was good at attacking wide receivers at the catch point. Um, he definitely needs to work on turning his head around, and he needs to improve route recognition um, and ball skills. And also, the lack of production has to be a concern, Daniel. I mean, one interception and only 11 pass breakups in three seasons yeah. at the college level. That is something, when you're picking a, a corner that you expect to come in and start right away, I mean, that's concerning. Uh, I mean, yeah, the lack of ball skills, I mean, at least ball production is definitely something that's concerning. And I haven't really been on the hype train for the Georgia corners this whole time, but I mean, I mean, two offensive tackles in the first two rounds. I, mean, I could sign up for that. But let's get to the next one here from Craig in Texas, who brings up a very interesting mock for us, and I think a pretty realistic one too, as far as who is available to him. I mean, the first pick he has is J.C. Horn at thirteen, then Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle for BYU, as the forty-seventh overall pick, and at seventy-seven he gets Jordan Smith who is someone that wasn't really on my radar, an edge defender from UAB. And then Trill Williams, someone that I've talked about a little bit before, kind of a corner, but a more of a hybrid type of player from Syracuse with the 97th overall pick. So this is interesting, David. I want to start with Brady Christensen, because I think if the Chargers do have, you know, J.C. Horn dropped to them or Sertan dropped to them, tackle is the obvious next need in the second round. We've talked about, you know, Dylan Radins and Liam Eichenberg. Chances that they'll be there. Brady Christensen, I think, has a good chance of being there at 47. So, what did you see from him? Yeah, I mean, six foot six or six foot five, and you know, six point five seven, whatever. I mean, he he's a very tall man, uh, but a little bit slender for that size. Only three hundred pounds, and so that was a little bit of a surprise. But I think he's at his best when he gets into his kick slide quickly, and he's able to engage his target. If he gets his hands on the defender, it's over. The play is done. I think he does much better with edge defenders at getting out to that kick slide. I think he struggles with the inside counter moves. I saw a couple of times where he got beat on the inside, so that's definitely something he is going to need. And, of course, he'll probably have better guards at the NFL level to help him out with that. But, I mean, that's still something that needs to be improved. And I think he needs to really improve his accuracy uh, when he's moving when in space. Like on the screens, when he's supposed to get out there and eliminate a defender, sometimes he doesn't really, you know, find the target and eliminate him. So, and also he's not like a nasty finisher either, right? I think that's something we talked about before we got on the air to record this show. Um, and I think he's a decent blocker, but there's some room for improvement. So overall, I think he has some physical traits, I mean, that you're definitely looking at. And I think with some coaching, he could be a pretty solid tackle at 47. Yeah, I actually liked it more than I thought I would. I mean, I think the the part about not playing the toughest competition is definitely going to be there and I mean I was kind of floored by his athletic rankings I think he was the 15th overall you know offensive tackle as far as athleticism out of like 1100 since 1987 like that's where his measurables lined up for him so I mean that's pretty amazing especially for a guy who's really going to have to really be, good yeah I mean and like when you're going up against smaller schools and things like that you wonder is that athleticism going to 
translate to the NFL. And if you're going based on that, which obviously, you know, it just gives you a comparison, right? I mean, it's all relative to what other people entering the league have tested. So, I mean, I think especially given the pro day situation, you can put a little bit into it, but I mean, it's only really the ones that are like this, where it's like top, top tier that it's like really jumps out and sticks out to you. But yeah, I liked him more than I thought. I mean, I think to get him at 47, if you pass on it in the first round is a nice option to have. I like him better than, you know, Walker Little for sure. I like him more than I liked Alex Leatherwood. So, I mean, I, I'd like him. I mean, I pretty much, I really like, him at that value at that pick. I really like the value at that pick at 47 with him, even though I've seen some places him going third. I mean, if you can get a guy that's, that's like him at that pick, I think you're doing okay for yourself. And some of my notes were just, I mean, I thought he showed a pretty good anchor for someone that didn't, you know, have like super explosive strength off the line of scrimmage, really strong hands, gets to his spots quickly in pass protection, Definitely a better fit in a zone blocking scheme, which we expect the Chargers to have. When he can get defensive linemen moving laterally, he did a pretty good job blocking them and opening up some holes that way. But as far as like a power scheme, just blowing people out and moving people out of the way, I don't think that's what he's going to be good at. But yeah, struggle with inside moves. Peyton Turner got him a couple of times on that, but Peyton Turner's really good. And also in that game, he took away Peyton Turner a lot more than you know Peyton Turner took took advantage of him. So I, I don't like the fact that you don't get some of those overwhelming physical traits as far as being a nasty finisher or that mentality and having the ability to do that. But still a guy that I think at 47 was kind of nice. But let's get to the other one here, which is Jordan Smith from UAB, the University of Alabama, Birmingham. David, what did you think about him? Yeah, so Jordan Smith, I mean, first thing, I mean, another really big man. Six foot six, 255 pounds. I think, I thought when I put on the tape, he was good for a couple of splash plays uh, pretty much in every game against the run um, that I watched. So, you know, he gets in the backfield, and, you know, that kind of is reflective with his, you know, his stats. He had 23 and a half tackles for loss in two seasons. And yeah, of course, you always consider the level of competition, but that's still pretty damn good. And we talked also, about the fact when we saw him at Miami, too, it's not like he looked like he shouldn't have been on the field. But I think it's also worth saying, too, that. This is a guy that went to Florida and then ended up getting suspended as part of a credit card scam at Florida, ended up going to junior college and then coming back with UAB, but obviously was thought of as one of the elite prospects coming out to end up at Florida. Yeah, so if you've got if you guys have seen Last Chance U on Netflix, this this guy right here is pretty much a guy who went through that type of program. You know, he went to a big school had to go to a community college to build back his value, and I think he did a decent job of that. But back to the notes here. Good use of the hand swipe. I think that was his most effective uh, pass rush move there. Um, he plays with good effort. I like the effort there. I think he needs to put, put some weight on at 255. He's a little small, um, and it, it kind of shows because he struggles to get off blocks from time to time, Dan. And then also really quick, just since we're running out of time, I wasn't a big fan of Jordan Smith. I think one of the things, I mean, honestly, that scared me off was just the athletic score, 2.96 out of 10, 16 reps on the bench press. I mean, one of the worst three-cone drills that's ever been recorded as far as, you know, what he ranked amongst his peers going into the NFL at that position. But I like Trill Williams. I told Craig I was a big Trill Williams guy. 97th overall, I mean, is probably about where he'll end up going. Maybe you get him in the fourth round, but... David, quickly, tell me the things you didn't like, because I know you're not as high on him as I am. 
Yeah, I mean, the couple of things I didn't like was not a willing or technically sound tackler. I mean, I just didn't really get that sense. Uh, also, he didn't really seem like he was very interested in doing it either. Um, I didn't think he take took great uh, angles, uh, and also he just allows his receivers to get way too much separation, especially if they're coming back to the football. He doesn't really put his foot in the ground, stop, and try to go get the ball. Ball skills are, I think, a little bit of an issue for him. So those are the things I think are opportunities for him to fix at the next level. Yeah, and for me, I mean, it's more of a projection-based pick than I think a production-based pick, especially with the role that he had. Obviously, I think he would come in and be a really good special teams player from what I saw. I mean, I think there was times where he was a willing tackler. Was he a good tackler? I think is a different story. You know, the angles, all of those things. Some of those things are definite concerns for me. But overall, Craig, I think you did a good job here. I mean, I, not some of the guys I would pick, but I think you picked the positions I would pick. And I respect you going for the guys that you're championing. You know what I mean? Like, you have your guys, and that's who you would want the Chargers to draft. And I definitely get that, you know. And if you like a guy, stand on the table and, you know, yell for him. I mean, that's the best thing that you can do. But I always really appreciate you guys sending us in stuff, especially with these mock drafts. You guys really went beyond, above and beyond with your mock drafts. And we're still going to continue to get into more of them. I think if me and David watch any more film over the next couple of days, our eyeballs might fall out. So I don't know if we'll be doing them tomorrow, but we'll definitely get into some more this week. We'll do some on Friday if we don't get into them tomorrow. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC. And you can also find us on Facebook on the page LockdownChargers as well as on Instagram at LockdownChargers. If you don't already, make sure to go follow us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. Make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We would really appreciate it. If you want to get your voicemail on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we'll try to get into some voicemails soon. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow as always. I'm sure we'll have some more draft stuff to talk about. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.